0: chapter 14 of a coin of edward the 7th this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org a coin of edward the 7th by fergus hume chapter 14 treasure trove i beg your pardon sir said mrs banker to the newcomer but i do hope i'm not why She changed her tone to one of extreme surprise. If it ain't Mr. Wilson! The man did not move a muscle. Ware, who was watching, was disappointed. At least he expected him to start, but the so called Wilson was absolutely calm, and his voice did not falter. You are making a mistake. My name is Franklin. It isn't his voice, muttered the landlady, still staring. But his eyes are the same. ''May I ask you to go?'' said Franklin. ''You are trespassing.'' Mrs. Benger shook her rusty black bonnet. ''You may change your hair from red to black,'' she declared, ''and you may shave off a ginger beard, but you can't alter your eyes. Mr. Wilson, you are, and that I'll swear to in a court of law before a judge and jury. Let them say what they will about me being a liar.'' ''Of what are you talking, woman?'' of you sir and i hope i may mention that you were more respectful when you boarded with me boarded with you franklin stared and spoke in an astonished tone why i never boarded with you in my life oh mr wilson how can you what about my little house in lambeth and the dear boy my son alexander you were so fond of you are raving i'm as sane as you are said the landlady her colour rising and a deal more respectable if all were known why you should deny me to my face is more than i can make out mr wilson my name is not wilson and i say it is sir both the man and the woman eyed one another firmly then franklin motioned mrs benker to a seat on a mossy bank we can talk better sitting said he i should like an explanation of this you say that my name is wilson and that i boarded with you at lambeth i'll take my oath to it had your boarder red hair and a red beard red as a tomato but you can buy wigs and false beards eyes as i say you cannot change had this wilson eyes like mine asked franklin eagerly there ain't a scrap of difference mr wilson your eyes are the same now as they were then one moment had this man you think me to be two teeth missing in his lower jaw two front teeth he had not that his teeth were of the best franklin drew down his lip you will see that i have all my teeth hm mrs Banker sniffed paul's teeth can be bought i fear you would find these teeth only too genuine said the man quietly but i quite understand your mistake my mistake mrs banker shook her head vehemently i'm not one to make mistakes on this occasion you have done so but the mistake is pardonable mrs mrs what is your name mrs banker sir and you know it excuse me i do not know it the man who was your lodger and whom you accuse me of being is my brother your brother echoed the landlady amazed yes and a bad lot he is never did a hand's turn in all his life i dare say while he was with you he kept the most irregular hours he did most irregular out all night at times and in all day and again out all day and in for the night you describe him exactly Mrs. Banker peered into the clean-shaven face in a puzzled manner. Your hair is black, your voice is changed, and only the eyes remain. My brother and I have eyes exactly the same. I guessed your mistake when you spoke. I assure you I am not my brother. Well, sir, said the woman, beginning to think she had made a mistake after all. I will say your voice is not like his. It was low and soft while yours if you'll excuse me mentioning it is hard and not at all what i'd call a love voice grim as franklin was he could not help laughing at this last remark i quite understand you only confirm what i say my brother has a beautiful voice mrs benker and much harm he has done with it amongst your sex he never harmed me said mrs benker bridling I am a respectable woman and a widow with one son. But your brother— He's a blackguard, interrupted Franklin, hand in glove with the very worst people in London. You may be thankful he did not cut your throat or steal your furniture. Lord, cried Mrs. Banker, astounded. Was he that dangerous? He is so dangerous that he ought to be shut up. And if I could lay hands on him, I'd get the police to shut him up he's done no end of mischief now i dare say he had a red cross dangling from his watch chain yes he had what does it mean i can't tell you but i'd give a good deal to know he has hinted to me that it is the sign of some criminal fraternity with which he is associated i never could learn what the object of the cross is he always kept quiet on that subject but i have not seen him for years and then only when i was on a flying visit from italy have you been to italy sir i live there said franklin at florence i have lived there for over ten years with an occasional visit to london if you still think that i am my brother i can bring witnesses to prove lord sir i don't want to prove nothing now i look at you and hear your voice i do say as i made a mistake as i humbly beg your pardon for but you are so like mr wilson i know and i forgive you but why do you wish to find my brother he has been up to some rascality i suppose he has though what it is i know no more than a babe but they do say added mrs benker sinking her voice as the police want him i'm not at all astonished he has placed himself within the reach of the law a hundred times If the police come to me, I'll tell them what I have told you. No one would be more pleased than I to see Walter laid by the heels. Is his name Walter? Yes, Walter Franklin, although he chooses to call himself Wilson. My name is George. He is a blackguard. Oh, sir, you're flesh and blood. He's no brother of mine, said Franklin, rising with a snarl. I hate the man. He had traded on his resemblance to me to get money and do all manner of scoundrelly actions. That was why I went to Italy. It seems that I did wisely, for I could not prove that I have been abroad these ten years. You would swear that I was Walter. Oh, no, sir, really. Mrs. Banker rose also. Nonsense. You swore that I was Walter when we first met. Take a good look at me now. So that you may be sure that i am not he i don't want to have his rascalities placed on my shoulders mrs benker took a good look and sighed you're not him but you're very like may i ask if you are twins sir no our eyes are the only things that we have in common we got those from our mother who was an italian i take after my mother and am black as you see me my brother favored my father "'who was as red as an autumn sunset.' "'He was indeed red,' sighed Mrs. Banker, "'wrapping her shawl round her. "'And now, sir, I hope you'll humbly forgive me for—' "'That's all right, Mrs. Banker. "'I only explained myself at length "'because I am so sick of having my brother's sins imputed on me. "'I hope he paid your rent.' "'Oh, yes, sir, he did that regularly.' "'Indeed?' sneered Franklin.' "'then he is more honest than I gave him credit for being. "'Because if he had not paid you, I should have done so. "'You seem to be a decent woman and—' "'A widow,' murmured Mrs. Benker, "'hoping that he would give her some money. "'But this Mr. Franklin had no intention of doing. "'You can go now,' he said, "'pointing with his stick towards an ornamental bridge. "'That is the best way to the high road. "'And, Mrs. Benker—' If my brother should return to you, let me know. And the police, sir, she faltered. I'll tell the police myself, said the man, frowning. Good day. Mrs. Benker, rather disappointed that she should have received no money, and wishing that she had said Walter Franklin had not paid her rent, crept off, a lugubrious figure, across the bridge. Franklin watched her till she was out of sight, then took off his hat, exposing a high, baldish head his face was dark and he began to mutter to himself finally he spoke articulately am i never to be rid of that scamp he said shaking his fist at the sky i have lived in italy in exile so that i should not be troubled with his schemes and rascalities i have buried myself here with my daughter and those three who are faithful to me in order that he may not find me out and now i hear of him That woman. She is a spy of his. I believe she came here from him with a made up story. Walter will come, and then I'll have to buy him off. I shall be glad to do so. But to be blackmailed by that reptile. No, I'll go back to Florence first. He replaced his hat and began to dig his stick in the ground. I wonder if Morley would help me. He is a shrewd man he might advise me how to deal with this wretched brother of mine if i could only trust him he looked around i wonder where he is he promised to meet me half an hour ago here franklin glanced at his watch i'll walk over to the elms and ask who this woman mrs benker is he may know all this was delivered audibly and at intervals giles was not astonished as he knew from mrs perry that the man was in the habit of talking aloud to himself but he was disappointed to receive such a clear proof that franklin was not the man who had eloped with anne even if he had been deceiving mrs benker which was not to be thought of he would scarcely have spoken in soliloquy as he did if he had not been the man he asserted himself to be giles saying nothing to his companion watched franklin in silence until he was out of sight and then rose to stretch his long legs morley with a groan followed his example it was he who spoke first i am half dead with the cramp said he rubbing his stout leg just like old times when i hid in a cupboard at mother medler's to hear black bill give himself away over a burglary Aye and i nearly sneezed that time which would have cost me my life I HAVE BEEN SAFE ENOUGH IN THAT SUMMER HOUSE, BUT THE CRAMP, OUCH! IT SEEMS I HAVE BEEN MISTAKEN, WAS ALL GILES COULD SAY. SO HAVE I, SO WAS MRS. BANKER. WE ARE ALL IN THE SAME BOX. THE MAN IS EVIDENTLY VERY LIKE HIS SCAMP OF A BROTHER. NO DOUBT, MORLEY, BUT HE ISN'T THE BROTHER HIMSELF. MORE'S THE PITY for franklin's sake as well as our own he seems to hate his brother fairly and would be willing to give him up to the law if he's done anything well said ware beginning to walk this walter franklin to give him his real name has committed murder i am more convinced than ever that he is the guilty person but i don't see what he has to do with anne her father is certainly dead died at florence ha morley "'Franklin comes from Florence. He may know. He may have heard.' "'Morley nodded. You're quite right, Ware. I'll ask him about the matter. "'Humph!' The ex-detective stopped for a moment. "'This involuntary confession clears George Franklin.' "'Yes, he is innocent enough.' "'Well, but he inherited the money,' said Morley.' It's queer that his brother, according to you, should have killed the girl who kept the fortune from him. It is strange, but it might be that Walter Franklin intended to play the part of his brother and get the money, counting on the resemblance between them. That's true enough, but if George were in Italy and within Hale, so to speak, I don't see how that would have done. Why not come to the Elms with me and speak to Franklin yourself? he will be waiting for me there no answered ware after some thought he evidently intends to trust you and if i come he may hold his tongue you draw him out morley and then you can tell me mrs benker i'll say nothing about her i'm not supposed to know that she is a visitor to rickwell he'll suspect our game if i chatter about her ware we must be cautious this is a difficult skein to unravel "'It is that,' assented Giles dolefully, "'and we're no further on with it than we were before. "'Nonsense, man! "'We have found out Wilson's real name.' "'Well, that is something, certainly, "'and his brother may be able to put us on his track. "'If he asks about Mrs. Benker, "'say that she is a friend of my housekeeper. "'You can say you heard it from your wife.' "'I'll say no more than is necessary.' replied morley cunningly i learned in my detective days to keep a shut mouth well i'll be off and see what i can get out of him when morley departed at his fast little trot he got over the ground quickly for so small a man giles wandered about the priory park he thought that he might meet with the daughter and see what kind of a person she was if weak in the head as mrs perry declared her to be she might chatter about her uncle walter Giles wished to find out all he could about that scamp. He was beginning to feel afraid for Anne, and to wonder in what way she was connected with such a blackguard. However, he saw nothing and turned his face homeward. Just as he was leaving the park on the side near the cemetery, he saw something glittering in the grass. This he picked up and was so amazed that he could only stare at it dumbfounded. And his astonishment was little to be wondered at. He held in his hand a half sovereign with an amethyst, a diamond, and a pearl set into the gold. It was the very ornament which he had given Anne Denham on the night of the children's party at the Elms, the coin of His Most Gracious Majesty King Edward the Seventh. End of chapter fourteen. Read by Celine Major.